Hello, and welcome back to Tells with your host, Andrew Nimi, and nobody else. While I, on this show, tell you about all of life's struggles and pains that I am currently experiencing. I am sitting in my safe space in the closet. I don't know what this other person is laughing at. She finds it funny, but uh, I can tell you there is nothing funny about it. Welcome to Tells. <laughs> My name's Boosie, and welcome to our podcast. We talk about poker and love, and today we're going to talk about poker struggles, mm-hmm. work struggles. Are we? Yeah. Okay. Seems fitting. I'm just looking at my phone, and uh, Janet Jackson, her show is launching at uh, Park MGM here in Vegas, and uh, apparently opening, I don't know if this is opening night, but there's shows where you can get tickets for $7 in the balcony, but still $7.34. That's amazing. Yeah. Should we go to Janet Jackson? Get all of... VIP shows right in the front? Mm, I don't know. You never been a Janet fan? Sure. I liked a couple of her, her tunes, but, uh, well, I mean, I guess for $7, it seems worth it. Yeah, but it's $7 and two hours of both three hours of your time. So right. it's not just $7. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I'm not too sure I understand the appeal of that kind of a show where it's like, uh, you know, she's not actually like singing anything. She's just kind of, dancing up there and stuff. She'll say hi. She'll talk into the microphone and whatever. Is that what happens at the residency shows? I think so, yeah. They I don't, don't think Britney Spears is singing. I mean, she might be singing along, but there's also like other vocal tracks that she's singing along with and stuff. So she's not singing. It's like singing over the, her songs? It's going to be a whole like, yeah, big, big to-do show thing. So you're not into the dancing? This is just what I assume what it is. Think. I don't have any firsthand knowledge of the show. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of what the way these things are. They wear the little headset thing. They do a dance routine. That's a big part of the show. You into that? Mm, I don't think so. No. no. See? What about Celine Dion? She sings, though. She yeah, sang. she sings. But she's a singer. She's not like a dancer. Like, you know. So Janet Jackson and Britney are performers. Mm-hmm. So they don't sing? They might they might sing along, but I mean, I assume like her microphone would be low volume. She's going to be singing along with like, you know, pre-recorded tracks and stuff at most. Oh. Okay. There's your uh, music insight. Now let's go back to me and my struggles. <laughs> okay. So tell me about your struggles. Got Jeez. whacked last night. At Aria? Yeah. 510 Aria. I didn't know Aria even ran that many 510. Yeah, they had two for a long time last night, and then the the one game went until at least 6 a.m. when I left this morning, and it was really good. And I was just losing every hand and getting owned left and right, and just nothing went my way. So, yeah, I think it was the worst session of the year for me. Oh. Mm-hmm. So how, far. How bad are we talking? Mm, none of your business. Well, I wouldn't just put it in the podcast if you don't mind. But I Well, it's even know. less interesting then. Yeah, I want to know. Then. <laughs> Tell me. What? What happened? <laughs> I don't know. Just poker stuff. Just had big hands cracked. Didn't really make too many big hands versus other big hands and stuff like that. 
I always like how you, not like, but I find it interesting that you say that the game was really good, even though you had, you make mm -hmm. no money from it, right. which is really, like that's well, the right way, right? Like that's the objective way. Let me give you an example. Mm. There was one fellow who was in there in the game at like 6 a.m. as mentioned. But playing, we're playing 510 or 51020, and he's opening for two hundred dollars okay which normally an open open raise size might be like three times the big blind usually typical this right. is massive and he's not like only opening every once in a long while he's opening like fairly regularly <laughs> so yeah pretty sweet game couldn't get it couldn't get anything to work got whacked sorry yeah you should be <laughs> i don't know why but someone needs to be you're sorry. Besides That's enough. Me. Yeah. Besides me, I can't burden all this weight my, on my own. <laughs> Where are you carrying this weight? Uh, all over. Um, I was thinking a little bit today that it's nice to, you know, always nice to have some other pursuits, creative projects, this one included, and not just be all poker and nothing else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, losing still sucks. It's still painful. Wake up immediately not immediately it's like wake up maybe be thinking about like what you're dreaming about or you know something for maybe like 20 seconds and then you remember that number that that minus number uh hits you and you're like oh crap that's right <laughs> oh yeah that's where we are today um i guess some people are probably better at the, better at that than others and just shrugging it off and leaving it at the table but uh nope still painful for me after all these years um having a really rough session i don't think it shouldn't be painful though right because it's like how you deal with the pain more than anything because the pain is going to be there no matter what that's just the default response initially from your body and your brain it's like how you deal with it post mm -hmm. realizing what you're feeling yeah I think because I don't know, like, I th isn't the part of keeping the emotion sort of on is so you can read the other players at your table, right? So without those emotions, like if you blunted your emotions with whatever, I don't know, play high or something, I don't know, your reads might not be as accurate. Mm -hmm. So keeping that, you still get the pain as well as the joy. But I know, like, the winning is never as quite as good as mm -hmm. as the losing. Yeah. The winning is just like, oh, I've done my job. Yep. This is this is a day's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the losing is like, my life sucks. Yeah. What am I doing? I should just quit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, even after all these years, these losing sessions help build resilience? Resilience for what? Like just life variance? Life variance, but also being able to go back to poker. I don't know if the I don't know if the losing sessions build the resilience, maybe to some degree, but I think the preparation and having a sort of understanding of both what's to come and what you're supposed to do about it going forward is what builds resilience. So like preparation being able to talk to other people and make sure that what you did 
was correct or if it wasn't correct, then you have a learning lesson out of it. Um, so like having those tools at your disposal, I think is uh, what builds resilience. So being think, able to organize it in your head, is that yeah. pretty much what you're saying? Yeah, I okay. think so. Um, just being able to, yeah, be productive in some fashion about it and not just, uh, not, and not just have it be a step, a step back or a speed bump or whatever. That makes sense. When do you then quit? Do you know what I mean? Say like you couldn't run out of money and you just like lost for a whole year. Do you still look at every one of those sessions as building resilience or do you go, maybe I'm not that good and I should just quit? Or maybe I don't have what it takes to be that good or I don't want to work on it to be that good, right? Because obviously the work you put in is always that's the one thing you can manage, like yeah. you can control. Um, well, I just think it's really important to get feedback from someone else outside yourself. So when you say, how do you know when it's time to quit? Like, I would ask somebody else, what do you think? Like, how far off am I? And like, how bad are the things that I'm doing? <laughs> like, am I close to turning a quarter? Do you think, do you think I'm just kind of have I made like no progress over this over this year? Is it hopeless? Um, is this do you think this just isn't for me? Um, because like if someone's telling you something over and over again and you're still just not doing it, you might not just like have interest in doing that thing. It might just be against your nature for whatever reason. Then you want somebody else to tell you? Like how can you not make that decision yourself? Um I don't know. Maybe you just lie to yourself or maybe you don't really have that clear of a a vision of the picture and understanding of the picture, you know, like maybe you, when someone tells you, you know, like I've told you this and this, and you're still doing this and this like over and over again, there must be either some reason why you're doing that, or you just <laughs> don't have it in you for whatever reason to not want to do it this way. Like if I, if I'm still opening, you know, uh, two, three suited from under the gun, after someone has told me that the preflop hand charts uh, are, are profitable for a reason and, and these are the charts and this is what they are. And I'm still doing it. It's like, I just must not want to play poker profitably. Like there's just, it's just not that interesting to me to want to fold that many hands and just sit there and be bored. Mm. <laughs> it's just not for me probably. Yeah. Um, tough. It's always easier to have someone else like give you the, the outside picture, I think, for for many different things pursuits whether it's professional or personal or something like that but what if you're stubborn like you um if i say babe work out like this yeah you're like just give me love just <laughs> just, just give me love because i'm watching you right so i'm like oh your form could we could just like tweak it a little bit and you're like is that true? I don't think that's true. I yeah. listen. If that's what you say, I listen to that. If you say, here's an entire uh, regimen for you to work out with. Download this and download this app and do it every day. That's tougher. But if you give me a little tweak on the form, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll make those tweaks. Yeah, but if like you're saying with poker, right? So you go, this is my goal. And then I'm like, okay, this is the 
chart mm-hmm. to reach your goal. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, I don't want that chart. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because right. I want to listen to Gary Vee when yeah. he woke up. Right. So, you know what I mean? Like, I think that you have to have some sort of s- sense of self and mm-hmm. that self-awareness because if I'm, even if I give you advice, I'm giving you advice based on my coloring and my life. It might not 100% work for you. I think it's like a combination, no? Probably. Yeah. I mean, there's going to have to be some some sense and some level of self-reflection. And you're going to have to take time and not just shrug it off and go to the next session. you got to like, got to self-reflect a little bit. And I think losing sessions, for me, definitely did have done that and continue to do that. Um, and yeah, and I don't know. Who knows? Like maybe this uh, this poker thing. Who knows? Might not be for me. Still very real possibility of that. I mean, the games, the 510 games are not super easy, even though this game was pretty good. Um, there was still, you know, a few players in there that are better than me, for sure. Um, and they make the entire game less profitable. They make it less, they make it tougher, which for me is less fun, of course. Um, and I'm never, if I'm doing these other things that I sort of like, take to a little bit easier than I'm sure they would, then maybe I should be doing more of that sort of thing than instead of playing poker when maybe they take to poker a little bit easier or more naturally than I do. Mm. Ah, Losing session, deep thoughts. (laughs) But it's also, I think it's on purpose like that you, like whenever you have that, you know, like rough patch, it is that time. It is that like, grounding take time to think because otherwise we're just like speeding through life and trying to get as much done as possible so i'm sorry but i can empathize i know it sucks to lose life goes on i'm sure i'm like it's guaranteed that i'll get the money back and that i'll get a lot more of it after that right which is just so funny because it's like it's like a hundred percent guarantee like if i just like if I just go play two five at the win for the next like, I don't know whatever. I mean it's possible I could go on a downswing, but you know just for the next bunch of sessions, then it's like almost guaranteed that I'll get the money back, and whatever, and life goes on. Yeah, but it's also nice that to get a stretch, you know, because like you were saying, you could just play those games, but then you might not be stretching, you might not be right growing. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that's where, like, I think the most annoyance for me comes from when it comes to losing at poker. Um, Obviously, losing money sucks, but it's like trying to, you know, continually grow and stretch, like you said. And, uh, yeah, the usual. Well, you're here now. Mm hmm. So I was thinking this morning about the topic of the future of work. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot more poker players in the future. Why is that? Because if people are no longer needed to do the jobs that they do now, sitting in offices, mm-hmm. then we'll be forced to do things that challenge us in different ways. And so maybe just having your desk job just won't be available. And so you'll have to, what are you going to do? You have to do something. I mean, I was thinking, what are we going to do? So there's probably going to be more 
love making more love because <laughs> think about mean? it like in say 30 years right you don't need a bank teller right bank sure you know everything I mean? is becoming more automated yes right and so we keep going along this progression mm -hmm. we're gonna need people to build the bank machines though aren't we the robots are gonna build those who's gonna build the robots to build those they're gonna self-build themselves yeah that's frightening <laughs> I mean, look at the, like, even if you just look at a car assembly line, uh -huh. the robots are putting the pieces together. You don't see men hoisting the right. car door onto the car. What's the word for uh, when robots start becoming, um, like, self-aware and stuff, and they know what they need and what they need to do to progress? Let's look it up. It's not like the awakening or it's like the... The singularity, I think, is what it's called. Robots becoming self-aware. Singularity. The singularity. Yeah. Used by Professor Hawking. Is this Stephen Hawking? Yes. Is it Hawkins or Hawking? Hawking. Is it? Oh, it's Hawkins. Stephen Hawking. Hawking. Okay. <laughs> it's hard because, like, No Limit Hold'em is getting tougher and tougher. And bots are becoming more and more of a problem in online poker which just means, again, it's getting harder and harder. And for right now, poker sites, I don't think, have a solution for bots. They're trying different things, um, like different game types. Uh, Phil Galfond is doing splash pots on uh, his site, um, which you know makes it tougher for a, a bot to know what to do in all these random situations. Mm. So I don't think gambling is going to go anywhere, and like competitive gambling. But I'm talking about in-person poker. Sure. You know, because if you don't have to go to work, like people always say, I want to, I'd want to spend more time with my family. Are we actually going to do that when we get to a point where there is no quote unquote work as we know it today? Mm -hmm. What are we going to do? For work? Or what? Yeah, I think we might have to change that whole idea of work. Okay. Change it to what? Spending time? How are you going to spend your time? Mm -hmm. Like you're actually going to have to find things that genuinely interest you. Right. Because whether you're doing it for money or not, like I don't know how the currency or the money or how like the exchange of goods will work. Mm -hmm. But what are we going to do? <laughs> you look very scary. <laughs> I'm like, I was curious. <laughs> I was like, okay, so. Okay. In poker, if you play online, there's the bots and it's been right so it's not going to be something that happens in five years maybe even 10 years but it is already changing in that way and i thought to myself okay so kids today want to be youtubers or instagrammers right mm -hmm. but not everybody can be an instagram or a youtuber right because it's just like personality we can't all be entertainers right so then then what <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, from your perspective, I'm curious to know from your perspective as a professional poker player, where do you see your work going? Because like trading, there'll be no trading. Computers are yeah. Yeah, I don't know to be honest with you because as technology advances, um, you know, there's like software that's like so much more powerful now than existed not even that long ago, like ten years ago, uh, much less like in the stud days. When, you know, when stud was the popular game. 
So it's like each game will probably have less of a lifespan now that like as as software to solve these games, the proper strategy becomes more and more efficient mm -hmm. and you can look it up a lot faster um, and you can share it so much easier. You know, like reading books, people had to like do all this stuff like by hand, you know, and then read books and that was like the, the height of um, strategy. And now it's just like, I'm sure there's like short deck strategy out there that is as a result of like, you know, software and solvers and stuff like that. And the game isn't even popular yet. So I don't know. I have no idea. Like where is, where is my, where is this profession going in the future? Right. No. And just think about professions in general. Mm -hmm. Cause I think, okay, let's say we have a child. What are you going to say? You know, you can be a doctor. You can probably just go and the robot will be like, you'll stand in this little <laughs> cylinder and it'll be like, oh, temperature 103. Mm -hmm. Like, beep, here's a... And we won't need doctors per se. We don't know. Like, I think there's always going to be the human element while we're here, but... Yeah, I think you the... better uh, get back into coding. That's I should, you should get do. back into coding. Yeah. You used to be into coding. I know, I just... Coding's not going anywhere. Someone's going to have to program all these things until the singularity when they program themselves. But then we're just going to die anyway. They're going to kill us. So we don't have to worry about it at that point. Well, I don't really think of it that way. I think it's just going to, like the iteration of well, human existence when will we, be different. When we start becoming afraid of them, they're going to know that. And then they're going to want to take over, take us out because they'll fear for themselves. But why? Okay. <laughs> this is not going down the path that I <laughs> thought. I mean, I'm not there yet because you can't go too far because right. then you end up at a place where you don't, even think about it because it's too scary. I'm not thinking about the scary aspect. I'm thinking about people complain today about being so busy and what are we going to do when we have 24 hours in the day and you don't have a job to go to? <laughs> what are you going to do? You're going to invent weapons against to use against the robots. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think we're going to do? I'm not sure. That's why I'm curious. <laughs> yeah, That's I why I'm asking. I I think... I don't know. I don't uh, operate this way, really. Like in like thinking long-term? Yeah, super long-term like that. I mean, who knows how long-term... It long -term. could be five years. Sure, yeah. Technology is developing more rapidly. It's a exponentially faster thing. But um, I'm more of like... I operate in like the, the next year. That's what I do. I think like what's something that we could use now that's sort of missing mm. and uh, try and try and go there. What is something that we could use now that's missing? <laughs> um, remember my strip club idea? You didn't like that idea. <laughs> yeah, but what are the girls going to college for if there's going to be no jobs anyway? What do you mean? You said that they would use that's their stripping your, that's money. That's your future. No, that's what you said. You what? said that they'd use their stripping money to advance themselves and like go to college. Not necessarily college, but maybe start a business or start a, uh, you know, fund their their painting hobby or whatever. <laughs> so Andrew wants to start a strip club. Um, I, I do not want to be a partner in a strip club. Maybe well, if it was like a different type of strip club, like a. It's very. It's definitely gonna be different. Is it going to be dark and seedy? Mm, it's it gonna be dark. You could have different rooms. Some guys want a dark one. Other other 
people probably want like a more refreshing take on a strip club. Yeah, but I don't know. I have I have too many thoughts that I haven't <laughs> can't articulate yet, but I don't know if strip club would be where I like a lot of women or women who have been strippers say it's like very empowering. Mm -hmm. Um I don't have any first hand experience, so I, I wouldn't know, but I don't know. I think like the objectification of women is still the biggest bother for me in that environment. Well, what do you think about the Jungle Man video? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no <laughs> Mostly words. Mostly speechless. Yeah. Uh, I think that with poker becoming more everybody creating content, mm -hmm. you just have to keep the content edgier and people are going to try things that are sort of outside of the realm, like with the shock value. And I think that's what this video is supposed to be, like have this mm. shock factor. Is, is Jungle Man serious? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm sure none of it was his idea. That's no? my impression. And I don't even know what the purpose of it was. I don't know if it's like a teaser for a, What's to up, come? a, a com, upcoming product of some sort. Yeah, possibly. That would be my guess. Unless somebody just decided to like make a, a fun video on a whim. It's not like he directed that or... How do you know? He <laughs> <laughs> just doesn't... The funny thing about the whole video to me, one of the funniest things is that... So like there was so much like positive feedback for it. Like from... A lot of women too. What do you mean, positive feedback? Like on Twitter, like there was a lot of females on Twitter saying like that was awesome, like that was really sexy, that was, and they even said like I felt empowered like watching that. Like I saw one or two people say something like that. And so, I think like part of the reason for that is because Jungle Man seems like such a he's very nerdy. He's like, he's never caused any sort of drama. You know, the only drama that he's sort of been involved in really is like his. Uh, most recently, you know, he tried to, um, he wanted to have his heads up match with Durr and like Tom Dwan, uh, he, you know, sort of like skirted the match and they haven't played in years now when Jungle Man was way ahead. And, uh, yeah, he's just like this sort of like GTO super poker player, nerdy guy that doesn't seem like he would hurt a fly really. Like he gets upset at himself or like the cards sometimes, but never, you know, doesn't come up, doesn't come off as like douchey at all. So there's like so many people that if they were to do that video, it'd be like, what is this cringe fest? This is the <laughs> douchiest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, there's just so many people um, that if you put them in that role, that would be the reaction. <laughs> I thought about, yeah, I thought about like chiming in, but it's like almost people are sort of just like happy to see Jungle Man get laid. That's my, <laughs> that's my, that's my take on the, uh, the mostly positive uh, reaction, almost all positive reaction to that video. Like, good for him. He kind of deserves it. <laughs> Putting all that work into poker. Yeah. Now you can like live some life. Yeah. Good for you. So how are you? How am I? Yeah. Your boobs look nice. Thanks. Sure. Um. They're very empowering. <laughs> you boss me around all day with those things. Yeah, we should talk about uh, what we did this week. This week was my birthday. Yes. Um, Happy birthday. Thank you. On my birthday night, we went to Korean barbecue yep. for dinner. Mm -hmm. uh, first time at Korean barbecue for you? Uh, second time. First time it was cooked for myself 
on the well, I mean, first time it was like cooked for you. Uh, I'd been to one in L.A. where you cook it yourself on the metal thing in the middle, the grill. Uh, how did you how did you fare? Uh, the first one. Yeah, it was good. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's pretty hard to screw it up, you know. It's like just heavily marinated in meats, and uh, they're like sliced pretty thin, so it doesn't take too long to cook. And then it's not my, complicated. My favorite is the banchan. Yeah. The banchan is, is like all the sides that you yeah. get at Korean barbecue. My favorite was you getting a sparkler and having it's having happy birthday sung to you. How did you they know what? it was my birthday? Uh, they just know these things. They're no. tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> was it you or Felicia? Uh, it was one of them. Oh, uh, that was very sweet. So yeah, Korean barbecue was great. Do not take your first date to Korean barbecue in case you don't know this by now. Yeah, it's a good tip. It's very smoky. Yep. <laughs> I had to shower when you came back home. I forgot about that, but it's so good that they should have a vegan Korean barbecue, just like I mean, all veggies. So they have, this is no joke, they have, first of all, they have uh, disposable toothbrushes and, you know, toothpaste in the restrooms and like five bottles of mouthwash yep they got mouthwash and then as you're leaving there's a literal febreze station outside the door where you can spray yourself off if you're going out you know on the town after <laughs> dinner uh because it is so smoky um poor our friend felicia she was downwind in the smoke she got smoked out um my seat was fine but we still you know smelled like it obviously throughout the restaurant but uh yeah interesting spot don't take a date your first date at least um but speaking of dates and date spots what else did we do uh we also went on a date to a mezcal tasting downtown las vegas in the alley mm -hmm. yeah i was trying like... to think i was trying to i was wondering what it's called is it ferguson's no it's poor in the alley yeah they but, actually what's, have a... but what's the venue the alley so it's it's called the alley, right? Because they have market in the alley, right. right? So poor in the alley, so it's the alley. I tried to find it on Instagram and it wasn't coming up with anything. So. Ah, I was wondering why you didn't tag it. Why didn't you tag poor in the alley? That's not a location. That's what I was looking for, and I was looking for the alley, and there was nothing. Oh. That's why I was asking what that place is called. Anyway, uh, not only did we go to the mezcal tasting, but we did a little. Uh, you haven't even edited it. I don't think you should be talking about it right now. <laughs> why not? You're not even sure if we're going to post it? Yeah, what if it sucks? Well, then it won't matter. It turns out if you're if you're hearing this and there's no thing that we're discussing right now, it turns out it sucked, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. we did a little experimenting with some video recording. Um, that sounds kind of sexy, but it's not that sexy. Um, <laughs> but out on the out on the town, and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we decide to post it, how it comes together. And if it does, you guys will have to give us some feedback on that. But we'll have to uh, check back in on that developing story next week. Yep. It was a fun night of tasting mezcal. I am still very, very new to the whole mezcal world. I know I like how it tastes in a cocktail. And we discovered some new mezcals. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think there's like a whole world. Somebody was telling me on Instagram that... The mezcals aged in clay pots are amazing. So okay. that's something to look out for. So it's just another one of those things where you could peel back the first layer of the onion, discover there's many, many more layers, and then go entirely down that rabbit hole if you have time. What do you think you should do? Should you just like go, I like mezcal, and that's it. Full stop. I'll just have it when I see it in a cocktail. 
or should you go down the, the I path? think I think you should look at Yelp reviews before going somewhere and if it gets many stars then go there and have the hopefully good bartender make you something that you generally like and then you don't have to do all the work of researching what the hell mezcal is yeah but those yelp reviews too are so subjective no they're not yes they are not if you get up to like 500 reviews so you think you can't sway 500 people what do you mean sway them like make them buy your story who the restaurant yeah that's not that many people uh i think people are you know this restaurant idea has been around for a while now like the idea of restaurants <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so we got some experience by now okay what makes a good restaurant what also, makes a good restaurant also food has been around for a while too <laughs> and the preparation of it so i think we kind of know like what's good and you know I, sure, people are like marketable, but to like four and a half stars over a thousand reviews, marketable? I don't know. That yeah. seems a little tougher. Possible. Seems tougher to me. Tougher, but possible. No, impossible. No, there's a. There, see, I usually re read the bad reviews and then I judge the restaurant. Sure. Yeah, I like to do that too. If it's like a very highly well regarded restaurant, I'll. See if I can find a bad review and see what they say. But it's usually someone who's bitter about some random thing. Ah. Uh, you know? They were like, no, but they hung up my jacket on the other side of the restaurant. I had to walk all the way over there <laughs> to get my jacket on the way out. Yeah, but that's easy for you to, like, discard, right? But if it, because a lot of restaurants now, there's a lot of, like, building the space so it's cute and Instagrammable. And your food still sucks. Sure. But I think and people are good now. They got like these super reviewers, you know. These people are serious. They do this like for part-time jobs, yeah. <laughs> unpaid jobs. Yeah, it's like their. Do hobby. you think they get uh, free meals being a super reviewer? Like somebody invites you. Um, I'm sure they do. No. Similar to like the haven't okay. You probably haven't bought anything, but like if you buy something at Target, even if it's like cleaning product. Mm-hmm. There'll be reviews from sweepstakes winners. This is a great product. Like, I don't trust that. So what do you mean sweepstakes winners? What is that? So, like, you just sweepstake, you know, you put your email in. Mm -hmm. So they obviously just, like, win product, mm. and then they ask them to write a review oh, okay. on the product. How do you know that there are sweepstakes running? Because it says... Oh yeah, in it the, doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't hide that it's a sweepstake winner. But like okay. all the sweepstakes winners well, are usually fair. like five stars. Yeah, well that's fair. If it says sweepstakes winner, you know it's bullshit. But then I don't know what the product is because there's only like five reviews and they're all sweepstakes <laughs> winners. Now, I'm not sure if it's a good product or not. Uh, if okay. you are a super yelper, these are write... some, this proper first world problems here. <laughs> God. Write us, write us, and let us know whether you get. Um, Free, mm. free meals. Yeah. Are you a Yelp no influencer? One, no, one, no one out there is. Somebody's a Yelp influencer. Do we have any feedback this I'm week? Sure, but we do actually. So we received an email from Dominic, and Dominic says, "Hello, Boosie and Andrew. First off, I really enjoy the podcast and tune in each week. 
thank you for providing this great content. Thank you, Dominique. I'm a few years younger than Andrew, but I recognize his internal dilemma and the feeling of something missing. A feeling that presents as a midlife crisis. You <laughs> okay. remember? How's your midlife crisis going? Oh, even worse. <laughs> <laughs> even worse now that there's a loss? Yes. But based on the podcast and blog, I see the struggle isn't new, but rather it seems to come through his content in waves. Back in 2008, I was playing poker full time and was a true low stakes grind struggling grinder. I always loved poker and had pipe dreams of glory and living the poker dream. Things drastically changed when I met my wife. 11 years later, I am a successful business owner with a six-year-old daughter. I own a home, make a good living, I'm grateful, happy, and am basically living the standard of the American expectation. However, like Andrew, I've struggled with the feeling of something missing. Although I wouldn't change a thing or want anything different, there still looms a feeling of wonder to what could have been had my original path remained. The funny thing is, Andrew and I seemingly long for the idea for the idea of what others have. Life is a mysterious adventure. All our decisions play out in a game of dominoes with each decision leading to the next series of falling pieces. Thoughts so far? Sure. Sorry, Dominic. <laughs> One thing I've learned over the years, besides the obvious of appreciating what we have in front of us, is to overcome doubt and longing with goals. In my case, I was always dreaming of my poker pipe dream. So this past year, I made a goal to make my dream a reality, even if only for a short time. So I'm making my way to the WSOP for the first time this year and feel like I'm living a dream. My wife knows I always love the game and fully supports my adventure. In Andrew's case, I would encourage him to set up some personal goals to overcome the crisis feeling. They don't need to be big goals, but clear and achievable. Maybe something as simple as setting up a more stable schedule to feel more grounded and normalized. Whatever the goals may be, the technique, as simple as it sounds, helps relieve anxiety and that feeling of something missing. As opposed to being a product of our decisions, we can take control of where we are and make goals to get to an even better place you two are obviously a great couple and very supportive of each other having those connections in life are all that truly matter but these relationships can also elevate each other well beyond what we ever expected i wish you both the best thanks for reading this message dominic okay what do you think of dominic's thanks for writing all that dominic i know it's very thoughtful yeah that was refreshing, no? Sure. What do you think? You gonna set some goals? Um. No, I don't really like setting goals. So you just rather live in crisis? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's fine, I guess, set general sorts of goals, but uh, I don't know. Like, what sort of goals would we set that would matter? It's different for for every person. Yeah, so I'm talking about me and you. What would be some goals that we would set or that I would set, more importantly? <laughs> <laughs> Baby. If you want to talk about us, that's fine too. Something simple. Like, I think you've sort of set yourself a goal to work out more. So you can just set it but to really. like three days a week. Not really, because I want it to be part of my lifestyle. I don't want it to, I don't need to like achieve some goal with it. It just needs to happen forever. 
But that's the goal. But you never get there. So what? So you thinking the goal, the goal can be, there's a long-term goal, right? The long-term goal is health, correct? No, it's not even a goal. It's not, it's not long-term anything. If you wanted to be part of your lifestyle, it's a long-term goal. What <laughs> do you have? You have, you have an aversion to the word goal. Yeah. Clearly. Maybe. Because every, like. I the, think it's like old school thinking, like, where do you see yourself in five years? You know, like that sort of stuff. I don't stuff. think that's what Dominic is talking about at all. Well, I think goals sort of like fall under that same sort of discussion or whatever. Right. And that, I agree, is shitty because it set up a lot of people for disappointment because there wasn't process. And I think that's still mm -hmm. a big chunk that's missing, right? They just say from here to here. They don't say how or right. like enjoy the process. Personally, I've always liked, say we go on a trip. For me, the most exciting part is the planning of the trip and traveling to the destination. Okay. Once I'm there, I've already lived this trip like six times because while I was planning it, you know what I mean? So the goal is never, it's not the, the pinnacle for me. Okay, the, so let's go back to me. Okay. Sorry, guests of the podcast. We have a really struggling Andrew here today, so I'll just like focus on him, give yeah, him some so give attention. Me an example. You don't want to set a goal, so I don't know what the point is. Well, let's try. Maybe I'll maybe I want to set one if you can come up with a good one. Car keys. <laughs> uh I don't know what you want because if I ever suggest a goal to you, you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing good. Okay, Andrew's just having a little bit of an off day. <laughs> Sorry, Dominic. Thanks for writing. The crisis is at its peak right now. It will be better next week, but. We have a solution. Frank said, it's not a table service at Chaos, but we'll pack up the little boy and send him your way for a week if it helps Andrew get over his crisis. <laughs> the little boy meaning their son. Yes. But given that I've celebrated my 40th birthday and have two kids, I can in all faith say that having a kid is not going to solve the feeling of absent, wavering purpose. Yes, it will. Nope, still feel that way, says Frank. Get it together, Frank. <laughs> got everything. You've got everything. I have nothing. <laughs> I don't know why we're recording today. Um, I think we might have to wrap this up. Dominic, um, I will keep this advice and we'll share it with Andrew when his, his brain is Don't worry, I'm going to reread your email, Dominic. It was a very long one. It needs several reads to really digest everything in there, so... Give me some time. Here's a goal. Change your mind about goals. No, that's done. Okay. Um, I think we should wrap this up. Yep. Thank you for sending us feedback. We appreciate it, mm -hmm. even though Andrew's rejected all of it. <laughs> if you like this podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you find your podcast. And... Drop us a line. Mm -hmm. You got to you got to go through these, this part quick because no one wants to really listen to it. So you got to be like snapping or else they're just going to stop the podcast. Do you ever say anything interesting afterwards? Maybe. Maybe I should. So they stick around for that. Exactly. Okay. So we'll chat to you next week. Bye. And remember, play your, three, your small blind range as a three better fold more often than a black call because playing out of position sucks. Hmm, I could have told you that. <laughs>
Bye.